The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and my co-host this evening is Christopher Crawford. We're calling him in from the bullpen this week in place of Drew Silva. He's traveling. He's in Arizona right now. We are live on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel right now, also on Twitch. So welcome to our audiences there. We're happy to take your questions if you have them. And if you're listening in podcast form, we're recording at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night, up against the NFL uh, schedule release. So we're getting buried. We're getting buried. A couple of weeks yeah. ago, it was during the NFL draft. So that's that's just our life right now. It's the NFL. <laughs> Steam run. But I am a, like, I follow them. Sure. I, guess. I observe sure. them from afar. Right. Um. One thing I noticed, they're going to play back-to-back games against the Giants. Well, that's interesting. I don't yeah. recall seeing that ever. I've seen two out of three, like game, yeah. home game, blank, away game. Like, I've seen that before, but I've never seen back-to-back games. I guess yeah. with the new 17-game schedule, that maybe is going to happen more often, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps. I don't know. There's, there's um, a bye week in between, yeah. but it's still very strange. Yes. You know? I've never well, seen I, that before. Anyway, this seen... is not a football show. We have we have a good football show. <laughs> yeah. Another another podcast you can download. But sure. with today's episode, we're happy to welcome our friend Ahmed Farid to the show, the host of the pregame and postgame shows for MLB Sunday leadoff on Peacock, along with a ton of other things. I don't want to butter you up, Ahmed, and say <laughs> you're a renaissance man, but you know, you're you're everywhere. You're a busy man. So thanks for taking the time to join us here. Overexposed, and I like DJ. <laughs> I like DJ how you uh, started with a joke that the NFL schedule is dominating us, and then proceeded to talk about the NFL schedule <laughs> for the first two minutes of the show. See, that's what they do. They they get in you. Their hooks are in me. So yes, it's working. I, th- I think DJ just did that because he thought I wasn't going to talk about Russell Wilson coming to Seattle for the very oh. first game of the year. Right. I'm I am I am a, a glass case of emotion already about that game and we've still got four months before it takes place. But uh yeah, that's uh it's it's crazy how big of a deal this is, especially with the games like basically set at the end of January. But if if I'm not going to blame anybody for liking what they want to like. I mean that's what you you know, we've talked about this before, I think, on this very podcast creating events in other sports, right? Football is easy, right? You have one game a week. Of course, 
I mean, like they they lucked into an event every week. Mm-hmm. That's basically the whole yeah. design of their sport. Sure. But you know, you you've seen it with some other sports. They tried to do it. I think baseball very successfully did it last year with the Iowa game. I mean, yeah. that was an event. Still, just counted for one out of one sixty two. But I was like, man, that that worked. And so it's like we really are in like an, an event um, attention span kind of like you don't you don't get the attention span of people for all that often. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you got to find spots to to get it. Good point. Yeah, totally agree. I, I thought the Field of Dreams game was a huge success. It does seem huge. like they're going to try to expand that because the advantage of baseball is that there's just so many games mm-hmm. that you can try to look for these different areas to capitalize off of that. And we see that to some extent with the way that Apple has rights to games now. Sure. Hey, we, we, hey, Peacock, NBC. We, hey. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're spreading the love as well. But I mean, even yeah. looking beyond that, you know, the, we've heard talk about possibly doing a game at like a Negro Leeds stadium, something mm-hmm. like that. Lots of different ways to also get in areas where there are not Major League Baseball teams and where there are fans who want to go see a game. Ugh. So I think that's huge, not only for, you know, creating an event, but also for the future of the sport. How great would that be going to some of these other cities? I mean, like Iowa, uh, but yeah, I I think, yeah, there are opportunities to be, to experiment. And I think that's what, you know, some of these leagues that have long regular seasons, I don't know that we'll ever see, like people talk about, it's like, oh, 162 is too many. We should go down to 156 or 154. Like really like that. That'll get the younger fans like, oh, I don't have to hang on to that last week in September. All right, right. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. But you can, you like you mentioned, DJ, you have this slate of games, 162. Let's do some different things with them. You know, let's make a mid-season tournament if we can figure out a way to do it that makes it fair and you play teams in your region. I don't know, uh, but but yeah, I think that I think leagues will eventually get there, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with this morning game right it's like a different event it's got an exclusive window for two hours in the morning and if you know if you're up and got nothing else to do and your yard work is done if you're on the east coast you flip on peacock and watch a game but i think it's like we're trying to make that feel kind of like an event something special it's one game that we focus on we're already writing articles about that game right now so it's just like it's kind of it makes it feel like it's special Right. And I remember as a kid, I mean, this is when you couldn't stream everything anywhere, but right. Sunday night, Sunday night baseball to me was like, you know, Huge hearing, deal. hearing John Miller, like that gravitas. I mean, the game felt important. And if we can bring that back in some way, I think that would be great. I love, I mean, I, I work for NBC, but I love what we're trying. I love what yes. we're trying with this. It's 100%. been, su- it's been successful. If you look at the premier league, I see my Twitter going crazy. Like, you know, every weekend morning, I'm not like a big Premier League fan myself, but you see the timeline going crazy. I think there's that same possibility here with baseball on a, on a Sunday morning. And, you know, Twitter can be cranky. Mm-hmm. People criticize everything. But we're baseball fans. We'll, we'll gravitate towards it once it's on. Uh, so I'm excited to see how this is going to continue to develop. Yeah. And Twitter wasn't all that cranky about it i think no. they were they were cranky that they couldn't be cranky about it they were like, <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad i mean it helps that jason benetti is like the all-time great so guy good. to fit in between uh of two analysts and i think that's that's an important thing of the the project too is that 
we have a local analyst from one team on one side. We have a local analyst from the other team on the other side. So if you're going to totally hate on the broadcast, you are hating on one of your local dudes. So it's yeah, like, yeah. make sure you uh, make sure you think of that before you do that. So I think that that helps. And, I, and Jason just is so good at intermingling that those conversations. And he, like me, like we don't take anything too seriously. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Like if you got to see some of the pregame show, it's like me and Nick Swisher are there. Nick Swisher, that is one coffee in for Nick Swisher, by the way. It wasn't like eight or nine multiple caffeine spikes. That was one coffee for Nick. Um, but like, it's just, and what I've said to a lot of people on our side is like, we're, we're celebrating the game, right? right? This is a moment. We have an opportunity here, exclusive window early. You know, the CBA was what it was. The 2020 pandemic shortened year was what it was. You know, there's a lot of negativity around the game, you know, metrics and saber metrics and analytics and new school, old school. We're here to celebrate the game and have fun. And uh, hopefully that came across in our first broadcast. Oh, it definitely did. I thought that broadcast was outstanding. Having you basically be able to talk about, especially like that wind stuff that was going on, like having the experience of yeah. what was going on and such a good interview with Alex Verdugo. I thought the things he brought up about being a pitcher someday were very interesting as well. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I wanted to ask you, Ahmed, like when you have something, an unfortunate incident that happened with, uh, Ron Culpa as the umpire. As a television guy, when you have to fill that type of air, what is that experience like? You know what I'm saying? Like to have to fill that tw about 25 minutes or so of airtime. You go, well, you go, what can I say? And you're like, oh, crap. I said that three minutes ago. Uh, what else can I say? Crap. I said that 10 minutes ago. Uh, we actually, like, sometimes you just have to get lucky. And in sure. that situation, we didn't know how long it was going to go. And so Matt Morzello mm -hmm. is our producer. And so we, we kind of had, you know, we were tipped off. This might take 10 minutes. And so we're like, all right, we won't take a commercial break here. We got Alex Verdugo mic'd up, lucked out. Boom. He's standing alone in center field. Like the visual of that was awesome. So mm -hmm. we're like, all right. It started to creep along. I already had an interview set up with uh, Sasha Banks, uh, WWE superstar, cross promotion. It's what we do uh, yeah. at NBC. So uh, so that we just lucked out that she was sitting right there ready to do the interview anyway. We were going to do it there. So we just rolled into that. The delay took 20 minutes, but with those two elements, we were able just to kind of to kind of fill it. But you're right. You at, at some point you go and talk back into your microphone, Chris, and you go, you go, uh, uh, we got nothing else. Go to <laughs> so That's what happens. Totally fair. Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about just in general, what you're trying to present in these pregame shows and, and postgame shows, you're trying to show a little bit of flavor of the city that, that you're in. I think that's going to be interesting. It's Atlanta this weekend, but then mm -hmm. I think next weekend is in Pittsburgh, right? Correct. So you have these beautiful visuals in Pittsburgh. There's little things that you can highlight with each city that you go to. I think that's important too. Yeah, no, I think so too. And we've talked about in you know, a little brunch spot, you know, that might be yeah. under the radar brunch spot for some of these places. 100 percent and and the way i think about it is you're right we're visitors for a day and i i think about it as we are caretakers for these two teams right these two teams have their telecast they have their local announcers that they listen to all the time we come in here we don't want to try to revolutionize anything or, or do anything too crazy we want to be a caretaker um for the day and so we will try to serve that fan the best we can but at the same time fill them in on things that may have happened earlier that week around baseball that they may not have seen. 
I think our pregame shows are going to start pretty wide. Here's what happened yesterday. Here's some of the crazy stuff that happened around baseball. Um, and then get narrower as the game goes on. But but you're right. You're right. It's a, it's a, it's a celebration of that town, that city that we're in, because some of these cities we're only in for, for one time, like in Atlanta, one time, in Boston, one time. So we better, sure. we better make, uh, make the most of it when, when we go there. Another question I had for you is like, when something changes at the last minute, and this is what we saw Sunday in Boston with the pitching matchup, like how do you deal with that when it changes so quick? So just right that morning of, like what is that adjustment like for you? So that was funny. I mean, that, and this might happen to us on the early morning games. You know, we might yeah. see some changes, late scratches, sure. some stuff like that. People come in not feeling well. Started with like the week with Dylan Cease as the starter. And then it was like, oh, it is going to be Dylan Cease. And then it was going to be another guy. And then it was like, okay, we're, we're going in a totally um, different direction with Dallas Keuchel. And then on the Boston side, it was the same thing. It was like, who are we get Tanner Houck? And then, no, it's going to be Waka. And then, no, it could have changed again. And then it went back to Tanner Houck. So we, we actually did have stuff prepared for, for Houck. But we got no choice. We got to roll. We just got to roll with it. And I think that's the benefit of having a looser show is that yeah. nothing is that important. Right. It's just like we, we were supposed to get Xander Bogarts before the before the game or in our pregame show. And about three minutes before we were going to go on air, they were like, no, Xander can't do it. Here's Garrett Whitlock, you know, and I'm like four hours off of the Kentucky Derby. And I'm like, all right, I haven't really prepared for a Garrett Whitlock interview. <laughs> uh, Kirk is our researcher. I'm like, Kirk, I need a little Garrett Whitlock info here to pull this off. Um, but that's just going to be the nature of the beast, and it's going to be a loose show, and we're gonna we're gonna be honest with that stuff. Honestly, DJ, we're just going to be like, oh, we don't we didn't prepare for this, but here we are, and we're we're living in the moment. Yeah, and I, I like that you're mentioning the people behind the scenes. I mean, yes, I I'm learning too because I got to sit in on like a production meeting this week, and I'm seeing all the people that put together these games, and it's a huge team of people that makes this possible. And I, I, I find it so interesting just to learn the process and it's just so cool to see it come together. There are so many, like, so I went from the Kentucky Derby right to Boston. I mean, there are so many trailers in Louisville, in our compound at Churchill down. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm like, all these people here work for us. I was like, we're <laughs> all here for the same thing. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So you talked about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just happens to be my favorite baseball park. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you have a personal favorite baseball park? And are you willing to admit it in front of millions of people right now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Whatever park is your home park. No, <laughs> no I like, I, you know, working out in the Bay Area for, for six years. I loved, uh, what is it now? Oracle Park now, AT&T sure. Park when I was there. Uh, I've never been to PNC, so I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to fall in love with that. Because I've heard, whenever you bring that up, it's like Oracle Park out in San Francisco or PNC Park in yeah. Pittsburgh. Boston, that was my first time at Fenway Park. And I'll be, mm. I'll be honest with you guys, and I, if, if someone hasn't been to Fenway, like I kind of anticipated it to be pretty decrepit, falling apart. Sure. The guts of that place have been totally renovated. Like when yep. you're inside yeah. the stadium, like walking around the concourses, maybe some of the bars and the lounges they have there, it looks like it's a brand new ballpark. Yeah. And like, even like you go out to the, the field and the wall, it's like, it, it looks still pretty new. It was not falling apart at all. So I was impressed with, 
with Fenway that I knew it was going to be like the nostalgia. I thought you're going to have to fall in love with like the poles and all that, which you do. But, yeah. um, but I, I loved, I love Fenway. And that, that's the coolest thing about, about baseball is that the venue themselves have so much personality and have so yeah. much of an impact on, on the game. Yeah, it's not it's not one size fits all, and that's what's great about baseball. There's there's no clock for now. We'll <laughs> yes. get into that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just ten dollars. Help your soil retain moisture longer. With color that lasts up to twelve months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. But I know it's it's always dangerous to like overanalyze any one game, but I, I do think there's no shortage of storylines when you're talking about the Braves and the Padres. As of now, the matchup is Joe Musgrove versus Kyle Wright. That that could change, but mm-hmm. you know, you look at these two teams, the Braves defending World Series champions, kind of a little bit of a different identity this year, though. Matt Olson in place of Freddie Freeman. Kenley Jansen makes the jump over from the Dodgers. Acuna's back from his ACL tear, but it, he's a little banged up at the moment. Yeah. Still big expectations here. Uh, they've underperformed so far, but I, I think they'll be right in the thick of things. With the Padres, they really disappointed last year, but very much in win mode right now. Bob Melvin in the house, new manager. Manny Machado is off to an incredible start. Eric Hosmer is off to a great start. So I think this is going to be a really interesting series. Yeah, if you wanted to make the argument that the Padres have the current, you know, Cy Young in Musgrove and MVP yeah. and Machado, yeah. you could probably easily make that that argument. I think Rodon's yep. been pretty good for the Giants too. But uh but no, I'm I'm excited to see it. And and for some of these teams, we do get the Padres twice, but for some of them it'll be the only time seeing them. So we want to see. We want to dive deep into Manny Machado and, and what has made him so good. And like I was kind of surprised looking at his numbers. Um guys, you probably are well aware of this already, but uh he's been just as good, if not better, with the Padres than he was with Baltimore. I mean that talk sure. about one of those contracts where you're like there's no way that's gonna pan out and maybe it won't i think we're four years into it but he's been he's been good for them and so the the struggles they have had and perhaps some of them have been off the field um with that team but the struggles they have had on the field are not due to due to manny machado so it's good to see him kind of start the year like this but you know it's it is so early still even though we're what 20 percent of the way through the year getting pretty close at this point 
Alex Cora, we were interviewing him. We were down in his office before the game and he has a schedule behind him. And, you know, they've obviously been off to a really bad start for them. And he was like, you know, I tell the guys and he was circling the the months. He was like, you know, we're here. You know, the, the, it's not really about where you are now. And it's not even where you are here or here. And then he went all the way to August and he circled like the first week in August. And he was like, once you get here, you know, if you have a legit chance to make a run or not. I was like, it might come before the trade deadline <laughs> this year, but, uh, but it's yeah. true. I mean, the Braves were proof of that last year, right? Yeah, so it's like, absolutely. you just got to kind of be in the mix and then have faith in your talent. And I think I'm sure both of these teams feel that right now. You know, both of these teams play in a division that have kind of juggernauts right now. I don't want to get DJ too excited, but his Mets look awfully good. Haven't (laughs) lost the series so far. And then, of course, the Dodgers, who, you know, they did just lose a series to the Pirates and fell to a lowly like 20 and eight or whatever. Those poor guys. Who do you think is more important right now? Because the Braves have not gotten off to a great start. The Padres, you know, are doing awfully well in that division. Who do you think it's more important to get off to a good start here? Because, you know, with those divisions, having those guys up front, who do you think it is more important to get off to this hot start? That's a good, that's a good, uh, a good point. Probably. I mean, it has to be the Padres, right? Because they have to believe, you know, you lose face. It's like, man, my Detroit Tigers, right? It's just like growing up in Michigan. It's like when you have a history of a recent history of losing, you need to prove to yourself pretty quickly that things are different this year or else you're going to spiral down again. So I think there's definitely a chance of that happening with the Padres. We're like, here we go again. And, you know, a team that really has had high expectations, you know, it's like, they're the it team. They're like, I think this is the year for the Padres. And it's just hasn't been for whatever reason, not for a lack of trying. So I think it was probably more important for them, the Braves, since they went through it um, um, last year, but it will kind of be interesting guys, as we get closer to the, the postseason, you know, expanded playoffs, you know, how that factors in, what sure. sense of urgency some teams feel at that point, and how many teams will still feel like they're in it, even if they're five games below 500. I, I think that's right. That's going to be something that we're all going to live through for the first time. And I think there's a chance that there's a lot of teams that feel like they can make a run and they can get in. They can get, you know, not they can get more than one game. They can get an actual series in the postseason. For sure. Yeah, I think if you're around 500 in July, you're going to be feeling like you can do it. So we could see some surprises there. I actually picked the Tigers to be one of my wild cards in the AL. Not looking great right now, but... Not so far. uh, We have that... yeah, it is early, and we have that Javi Baez uh, home run early in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. back and won. That was yes. really cool. That was our yes, that was, was our World Series. That was. Our World Series. <laughs> hey, we'll see. Keep the faith. Yeah, yes. I wanted to get into a couple of uh, state of baseball type of questions. Of course, you're you're you always have ideas on it. <laughs> I do. That yeah. you, you put out there into the world. Yes, uh, I do. No one <laughs> so, likes them. No one likes no. them. No, I don't say that. No, not not. <laughs> few people like them (laughs) (laughs) but we're not going to criticize mlb here yeah just i'm going to just bounce some things off you so sure first thing we saw reed detmers through no hitter tuesday night first solo no hitter of the season so after that noah syndergaard uh reed detmers teammate went on social media and noted this is what a real no hitter looks like and it did seem like maybe he was directing that at the mets because they threw a combined no-hitter, five pitchers combined on that no-hitter. Uh-huh. 
159 pitches to complete that no-hitter, by the way, uh, against the Phillies. Six walks. So, you know, and not quite as dominant of a performance as as you would think. But where do you fall on this no-hitter scale? It's like, is it not as special to have a combined no-hitter? Or is it equal? Or I don't know. Is it just a quirky thing? I don't know. It's definitely definitely a quirky thing. So I think that is true. It is a quirky thing. But I... I am a traditionalist at heart. You know, it's like it might not seem like it with all the rule changes and things that I <laughs> they want to innovate, but a lot of those are to try to get the game back to what it was when I was growing up, to be honest with you. Sure. Yeah. So I I it is more special to have one pitcher do it. I'm sorry. I, it just it's just it's cool. It's like the the yeah. story, and I've I've said this before. It's like people say, What's the what's the problem with marketing in, in baseball? It's like, why can't they market? You know, they should get on the internet. And I was like, I think baseball does a decent enough job of, of marketing. The, the best marketing comes in the game. You know, in right. baseball, the design of the game is that Mike Trout gets the same airtime as the number nine hitter. You know, he gets the same, you know, maybe one more at bat that lasts another three innings. You know, it's like every other sport, Tom Brady's on TV half the game and Steph Curry's on TV half the game. It's just not the design of baseball. But the one exception throughout the years has been the starting pitcher. You know, he yeah. can be a story that carries through most of the game, which was, I think, a real benefit for baseball. And so I think that, you know, and I get why teams do it for sure. They're trying to win and, and they yeah. and I, I don't fault them for that. But I think what you've lost is that story, that character that can take you from, you know, minute one of the game to hour three of the game or at least hour two and a half of the game. And so I I, I it's more special when that story carries through the whole game. I think. I thought it was interesting that they were talking about Reed Detmer's no hitter as if it was this dominating effort where yeah. he struck out two guys and had four <laughs> strikeouts. Fly ball out. Yeah, um, you, know, but you know, I'll mention something about Detmer's. By the way, I, I had that game on a on a parlay. Nice. Uh, points bet. Points bet. You should try it today. <laughs> so I had four strikeouts in that game. I did like an alt strikeouts line. And I, I, I fell asleep. I missed the end of the game. I woke sure. up in the morning. I saw I threw a no hitter. I was like, yes, I did it. Yeah. You know, I was like <laughs> so excited. And then I, then I checked the line, only two strikeouts. Like, how is that Jeez. possible? You're like, that's, imp- yeah. Imagine yeah. if you would have bet on that. No hitter <laughs> with fewer than three strikeouts. That would have yeah. been. I, I, I probably wouldn't have reported to work today. I got to be honest. <laughs> um, no hitter. Speaking of that, offense obviously has been down. It's been talked about quite a bit. I think also we are seeing that I believe that time of like the pace of play and time of play has been down as well. What's more important here, Ahmed, to get these, because a lack of offense is not interesting for a lot of baseball fans, but a three and a half hour baseball game is not interesting for a lot of baseball fans. So obviously the answer is some mix between the two, but what do you think is more important here? The quality of the baseball being played, or, and this may sound like a stupid question now that I think no. about it, but but is it more important for them to keep these games at like this two and a half, two forty five time limit, or is it more important for the game to be something that's like more enjoyable to the young fans, which is offense from everything I've heard? Yeah, so I think you know a lot of times when Major League Baseball talks about this, it, it's you know they kind of want their cake and eat it too you know it's like we want right. you know a lot of action and stuff happening all the time and we want the game to be two hours and a half or two hours right. and, and 40 minutes but 
you know, from from the early reports on some of the pitch clock stuff they've done in the minor leagues, they have achieved that. You know, offense mm-hmm. has not gone down in some of those games, and the games are moving at a, such a faster pace. I think they've talked 14 seconds in between pitches, which I look, and I've got Luis Garcia on my fantasy team. I love him. You know, he is not pitching every 14 seconds, <laughs> no. guaranteed. It might be double that. It might be double that. And so it's, I think once that becomes a part of Major League Baseball, which I think is almost a guarantee at this time, right? we're going to be shocked. We're going to be shocked at how good the game looks, even in a low-scoring environment, you know, even in a game that's like 2-1 or something like that, that moves at that pace where the pitcher's throwing it every 14 seconds. The velocity maybe goes down too there. You've heard some early reports that, Pitchers can't throw as hard for as long when they have to pitch that quickly. Um, hopefully it doesn't increase injuries in the same uh, same time. But I think just that one change, I think that I'm really hopeful on the pitch clock. I think that one change can give us a lot of what we want. Quicker pace, more action, and still not kill our offense. Right. Yeah, I, I cannot wait myself. I think it's going to be awesome. And I do think it will increase offense if pitchers are not going max effort on every pitch like we see right now, especially relievers late in games. There's just, I feel like there's so much stalling. There's also the hitter getting out of the box. And that's the mm-hmm. other element of the pitch clock too. Hit, I think in AAA hitters have second seven seconds to get set in between pitches. So that's the other part where if you, if you don't get in the box in seven seconds, it's a strike against you, but the pitcher, if they don't, you know, throw the pitch within whatever, 14 seconds, yeah. whatever it is. It's a, it's a, a ball against you. So I, I it's going to be it's almost like there's a muscle memory of of these these hitters and these pitchers that yeah. they're going to have to adjust to. I think it's going to be really hard for them. Yeah. I, I hope they get a good feel for it during spring training next year. Uh but I think it's going to be a year of adjustments for for everyone. And hopefully it doesn't result in arguments and fights, but I think that's probably going to happen at some point. Right. It's like, <laughs> I, I think um, it might initially, right? The first couple, yeah. the first time you get called a strike. But, you know, it's like, it's not like I love, pitch, it's not like I love the pitch clock. I'm going to be sitting there watching the pitch clock. It's like, oh, yeah. this is helping baseball. Look at that. I love the clock. But I think what it gives us will love. It's like, it's not just about max velocity, I think, for pitchers too. It's like you really can just think it's like, all right, I'm gearing myself up for this pitch. And why wouldn't you wait, right? Like if the NFL, if you could take two minutes to pick your perfect play, maybe you'd take it. You know, if you're an NBA team and you could take 48 seconds to, you know, wait, pass around, let's get the perfect shot here. You know, you would probably take that time. So you'd always take a little more time to try to get that perfect game plan, that perfect pitch, and just get yourself mentally prepared. But that's sport, is that there's constraints in here, and you got to do it, and you got to do it fast. Um, and so I think it it almost adds an element of, of strategy, and there are going to be some pitchers who do well with this. The Mark Burley's out there. It's like, I've been doing this my whole career anyway. But I think it is a skill. Can you Can you still succeed when you're forced to kind of keep a fast pace like that? Yeah, it's kind of going to be a psychological edge to it as sure. well. And I do wonder if, you know, we've heard about the pitch com, uh, the, the pitcher, the catcher. I think that the shortstop and maybe even second baseman has it or yeah. something. If that helps streamline the process as the pitchers yeah. get more comfortable with it. I've noticed a difference for sure. Like just and I, I thought it was interesting. The Mariners did a broadcast showing 
exactly how it works with the fastball up or slider down and that they can do it in different languages and stuff like that. My only thing here is just that I hope that the quality matches with the quantity. You know what I mean? It's just, I just want to see, because it's funny, I'm old enough to remember that it was such a big deal. Like guys like Burley, it was like, this is the new thing. If you work quickly, if you're repeating your motion at a more consistent base, if you're taking less time on the mound, because I, I can remember the days of Lee Smith taking like a good 22 minute sitcom between pitches, you know, when he was, <laughs> uh, he was playing it back in yeah. the day. So we're kind of, it's kind of a mixed thing and baseball is always evolving and stuff like that. And speaking of baseballs and evolving, I mean, the baseball, I mean, yes. the baseball, I, I, I don't even, I, I'm so tired of talking about the baseball, yeah. but we, we have to talk about the baseball. How frustrating is this for you that we are still talking about the baseball? I know. And it, well, I, I think I threw out the idea there a couple of years ago that we should have like a draft lottery every year. And the number you pull out is how juiced the ball is. So it's <laughs> like, like you're finding out like a I week like before the season. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this ball's super juiced. All right. Hold on here we come. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. It seems like, why can't we get consistency? Do they want consistency? You know, it's yes. like there, it, it, it brings a lot of things into question. I think, you know, for the, for the everyday fan who's not as involved with it as we are and you guys are in it every day, probably don't notice as much, you know, it's just like, Oh, you know, you're not following trends and sure. you're just noticing maybe your team's not hitting as many home runs right now. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I would like a little more transparency with that. And if they're just, if it's tough to make a baseball that's consistent and reacts the same and they're manufacturing uh, abnormalities and like, so be it, you know, just be kind of honest with what's happening here. But I do wonder, like, if you can manipulate, if this, if what is happening is the ball is being intentionally manipulated, even just by a little bit, you know, if eventually you do something about the spin of baseballs and curves and sliders, you know, because just as much as increased velocity has kept offense down, I think it's the increased usage of the sliders and the curves and all the spin rate they're getting, even without the sticky stuff now, that uh, that's made it really difficult for offense to be uh, what we've seen in the past. So. If you're going to mess with the ball, mess with it to make it easier to hit, you know, not harder to yeah. hit maybe. Right. Right. And easier for pitchers to grip too. Right. There sure. should be an agreed upon substance that, that pitchers can use because as hard as pitchers are throwing, there's a safety element to that. And we certainly don't want to see premier anyone really being hit in the head by a, by a yeah. 99 mile per hour fastball. So yeah, yeah. sure. And yeah. hit by pitches are up. I mean, we saw in that game, uh, Josh Harrison get plunked uh, for, it seems like he's been plunked a lot. He's been plunked a lot in his career because yeah. of where he stands, but that's a great point. And uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what major league baseball could get to sponsor that sticky stuff as well. I'm sure that they can come up with a very, very <laughs> yeah. nice product hey, to sponsor. It's a money-making opportunity. So Amen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last thing uh, to wrap things up here. So uh, the shift, always a topic of conversation. I think a lot of people focus on the infield shift because it's so acute when you see, uh, you know, four players on the right side of the infield or whatever. But there was actually an interesting article from Russell Carlton of Baseball Prospectus this week where his findings found that the effects of better outfielder positioning are four times as powerful at taking away hits as the infield shift. Interesting. And I thought that was really interesting because – Maybe you don't 
it's you don't see it as much. You know, it's easy to see where the infielders are, but you don't really think about the outfielders. And maybe that's showing that the infield shift is like kind of obscuring the issue a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not as, uh, you know, there are probably certain hitters, you know, some lefty pull hitters that really are crushed by that, that shift, you know, but yeah, Theo Epstein, I I heard him in an interview, I think it was on uh, Jason Stark's podcast talking about some of the stuff they've seen in the minor leagues with outfield and and like major leagues with outfield for sure. Everyone's playing deeper, playing probably 10 feet deeper than they used to back in the day and, you know, reduces the number of extra base hits. So you're getting, you know, singles that are dropping in that maybe would be caught in the past, but you're definitely eliminating more doubles and triples and some of the most exciting plays at a major league baseball game, which is bad. Um, So he was even talking about making a, you know, a line in the grass. You know, they cut the grass, looks awesome. You got different shades of grass, cut it in a way where, there's almost like a barrier where outfielders cannot start behind this line. And so it would force outfielders to start closer to the infield. And that could have just as dramatic or more dramatic effect on offense than limiting the shift. And so I'm for it, you know, and I'm for, I'm for the limiting the shift too, because I want to see, I want to see these guys diving. I want to see a guy going back on a ball. I I don't want to see, like, I get it. Like, we the guy's perfectly positioned, you know? Like, we did it. We figured it out. We've taken all the data. And, like, I'm not trying to make fun of it. It's like, we did it. It's not exciting, right? It's like yeah. the coach achieved that. And now we've got people positioned perfectly. So they don't need to dive. They just need to just ru- do a routine grounder or just catch a routine fly ball. So we they do have to figure out ways to get athleticism back in the game. And if that's limiting where – players can start it's like it's not ideal you don't want that but you also don't want just you know these athletic players never having to use their athleticism yeah i i think the other side of this is like i don't know what my exit velo would be even if i made like the hardest contact possible it'd probably be like 50 miles per hour or something but you think about these hitters and it yeah a lefty pull hitter hits the ball you know 110 miles an hour or something but they hit it right at somebody in shallow right field. Like yeah. you should want to reward that amazing feat of a player hitting a ball that hard. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my, that's my whole thing is that I want to see players rewarded for doing good things. I want to see that guy who makes hard contact deserve, you know, to get that hit. It's why I love baseball perspectives is deserved run average a lot more than I like earned run average. I think that, you know, weighing all of that stuff and it's why weighted on base percentage is a better stat to me than this other stuff. I just want to see people deserve it. I never think about the outfield when I think of shifts, but you guys are totally right. Like yeah. the fact that, but I will say that the trade-off here is going to be that we are going to get a lot more uh, guys who are playing second base and shortstop and in the outfield who are, a little more bereft of offensive ability. So we're, we're going to have to see that trade-off, but baseball evolves. We'll just have to see how it goes. Well, then, Chris, I have to throw out my designated fielder's idea. I have one more important uh, baseball yes. question for you, Ahmed. Do you have any thoughts on St. Louis pizza? Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Is it good or bad if I have a thought either way? I really don't have any thoughts on St. Louis okay. pizza. I don't know. Okay. I don't know that I've ever had St. Louis pizza. Okay. You would probably know. Yeah, you would definitely know. <laughs> you would definitely have an opinion one way or another if you had yeah. it. I'll just say that. Uh, I, if I'm posting for Drew Silva, if he's going to be claiming to go to a wedding or some sort of thing, yeah. then I, I'm going to make fun of St. Louis pizza because it, <laughs> it sounds like the most disgusting thing in the entire world to me. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Roto Patrick. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, Roto World St. Louis. It just sounds awful. And, <laughs> I was just curious if you had any thoughts. Unfortunately for me, we have no games in St. Louis. So oh, yeah. We'll be able to experience it this time. Shoot. And so, yeah. but may have dodged a bullet. Next time we're in Stanford, I'm sure Drew will have a bunch for us to have. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Let's make that happen. Sure. Um, and thanks for thanks for taking the time, man. I know you're real busy. This was a pleasure to have you here. And, and good luck this weekend. No, thanks, guys. And and you guys are, are as plugged in as, uh, as anyone in our company on what's going on in baseball. So we'll be leaning on you and definitely shoot stuff uh, our way because uh, because we want this thing to, to resonate with the with the baseball fan out there. Much appreciated. Absolutely. So a uh, quick promo here for our listeners. And we're going to talk about the Peacock game here. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Cuts the Padres facing off against the Braves in Atlanta on Sunday, May 15th. This Sunday, 1130 Eastern, live on Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app. It's so much fun. Powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. Again, Ahmed, this was awesome. Chris, thanks for stepping in for Drew. Appreciate that. If you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review five stars. Always appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Chris is at Crawford M-I-L-B. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. Pick Dom Smith for the Grand Slam. <laughs>can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing inspections negotiating analyzing the market and talking through any anxieties that may pop up that can make all the difference that's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you realtors are members of the national association of realtors and bound by a code of ethics because that's who we are